The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of hockey. I'm Carolyn. And I'm Marin. And this is Deep in the Heart of Hockey, a Stars, Stats, and Shenanigans podcast. Shenanigans! It is December 7th, and this is our 45th podcast. 45? Did you think that we would ever get to 45? No. Imagine when we get to 50. I know, right? We'll, we'll have to do something special on that one. And it'll be crazy. Um, so, my mission, I just want to let everyone know what you just asked me to do. <laughs> my mission for this podcast is already blown. Um, it was to not make Carolyn laugh, so get ready, y'all. Buckle up for the most somber, deep in the heart of hockey podcast ever. So, we were actually supposed to podcast on Sunday, Sunday but I have got... Because what were we doing last Wednesday? I don't remember now. Seeing Moana. Oh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> um, but, so we're going to podcast on Sunday, and I have come down with the most hellacious cold, and I you can still hear it in my voice a little bit, and I'm mostly okay now. It actually is not as obvious in your voice today as it was on Sunday. Yeah, well... I don't really think that they're going to hear a difference. Okay, well, I can still... You can probably feel it. I can definitely than- feel a difference still. And anytime I laugh, like even just chuckle, I start coughing. So this is going to be an interesting podcasting experience for Can't everybody. Wait. Can't wait. I hope you can edit out a lot of your coughs. I will do my best. I won't talk of your coughs. How does that sound? <laughs> Fuck. <coughs> See? I know. I'm not talking. I was silent. <laughs> um, so kick things off like we usually do let's let's talk dallas stars what we're 10 11 and something three maybe six six 10 11 and six right now for the season yes which is a really is really we're not even we're 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 not even even right now it's kind of shit it's it's i mean i don't i think i would probably even take the kind of out of there well the real worst part about it is that we're negative 20 in goal differential. And, like, I... We're five points above... No, seven points above last place. Yeah. It's not great. We're, like, 25th total in the league. But you know what's even... We're 27... Oh, okay, I see what's happening here. Yeah, we're, like, 25th in the league. And what's even crazier is... 24, it looks like, actually. Yeah, it was 24, 25. Yeah. I looked at it earlier. I just had to count backwards, which is why it took me a minute. We're not particularly far out of a playoff spot. The really... The problematic thing is that the other teams have games in hand on us. Um, Nashville and Los Angeles are at 25 games played. What? Uh, Minnesota's at 24 games played. And we're at 27 games played. So, things could get out of hand quickly if we don't write this Oh, ship. I was looking at division. Because in Central, we actually have games in hand on Winnipeg and yes. Chicago. So, we have games in hand on Winnipeg, who is only three points ahead of us, which is good. But we have... But Minnesota's only at 24, and Nashville's only at 25, and they're also ahead of us. Yeah. Um, so, just for a wild card spot, which is the only thing we can possibly hope to get, get right now... Um, we're a little 
<laughs> yeah, Mar- somebody asked Mark Stepneski about playoffs the other day, and he was like, playoffs? Wait till we string two wins together. Um, and, we, and we have strung two wins together, but only one time. Yeah. <laughs> and it was only two wins. <laughs> yeah. And no trouble stringing together losses, but god damn, we cannot string together two wins. <clears throat> Three wins. And it's... It kind of sucks because, well, so I didn't get to see yesterday's game against the Flames, but for the last three games, which I heard was kind of rough, but I haven't seen the stats from it either. Yesterday's game? Yeah. Um, but the three games prior, starting to Detroit, so Detroit, and then Pittsburgh, and then our win, um, our well-deserved win against the Avs. Those were three good games. We only got one win out of it, but they were three games we played well. Um, I did not watch last night's game, but I did look up the stat, the like the charts and stuff on um, mm-hmm. HockeyViz. I, for whatever reason, I can't get Corsica Hockey to work at work anymore, but um, HockeyViz has been working. So I was looking just at like. Micah doesn't Mi- Micah doesn't necessarily break down raw numbers as far as possession goes, but he does those little like yeah the dots the dots and stuff. We were under, um, under the the f- under fifty under fifty on the flip on that. They had more high danger scoring chances at both even strength and special teams than we did, and um. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Last, yesterday was not a good game. As far no, as I mean I no. See. No, it was not. I mean like. It was a weird game. There was a, a there were two no goal reviews. Like there was a, other stuff going on. But like the biggest problem that we had were the number of breakaways that Calgary had. At some point, um, Glenn Gulitson or mm-hmm. is that Gulitson? I don't know how to say it. Anyway, whatever his last name about. is. So the head coach of the Calgary Flames. At some point at, after the game, he was giving an interview and he said that he had lost count of the number of odd man breakaways that the that the stars allowed the flames to have and the 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 first goal that the that they had at all was on a 2-1-0 breakaway where yeah like for whatever reason the stars were just it was the dumbest positioning i've ever seen i couldn't understand why there were two freaking players at all on the other side of them i did not understand it it was just absolutely baffling so that's kind of pretty descriptive of our season, is that, like, you start to see a little bit of an uptick, and then all of a sudden you just play crap. Like, shit the bed. And I don't get it, and I don't know how... I mean, to- I feel like I kind of get it. Um, we... I feel... I, I don't... Well, no, I don't really get it. I mean, because there's only so much that you can blame the depleted roster on. Mm-hmm. The, the the defense is not depleted. The defense is what it is, and it has been what it has been since the beginning of the season. The problem, I think, with the defense is the makeup of the defense, which isn't a Lindy Ruff problem or even, like, a, an injury or illness problem. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a Jim Nill problem. It is, it, I, like, it is un, being unwilling to let go of pieces that haven't been working and haven't been working for years. Yeah. I don't understand why we haven't done anything about Nemeth and Alexiak. And I don't understand why anybody's pretending Alexiak is a better player than he is. I don't either. I mean, it was one thing to, like, let him play after he scored those two goals to, like, maybe, like, make him look better. But right. then, then they went back but to scratching him. But then they went back him. to scratching him. And I was like, if you weren't doing that to showcase them, what was the fucking point of that? Right? 
Like, so that's, yeah. I mean, my problem with the defense right now is honestly, like, I feel like we've got right side depth. And yes, Johns and Honka are both rookies, but they're clearly who we're going to go with next year and the year after and stuff like that. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I don't have any issues with getting them ice time. It's that the left side of our defense, beyond those guys, is like completely not there because Ham Hughes hasn't worked out the way we no, wanted him to. Ham Hughes has not worked out at all. Which is surprising. It's a bit surprising because he was not this bad in Vancouver. Nope. And it's not like Vancouver is a whole lot of sterling defensemen. Nope. Um... And uh, Oduya has actually been pretty good this year. I mean, solid, not great. Right. Solid. Um, But then he got injured, so Mm -hmm. then you broke up one of the better performing pairs that they had already kind of broken up because they were scratching Johns every other game. And Lindell has just not worked out the way I want him to work out. Like, Lindell is actually probably one of the worst defensemen we've got on the team right now, and he's playing alongside Klingberg. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And every once in a while, that pair works out, like, looks good. But those moments are really few and far between. They're not encouraging enough. No. Honka's way more encouraging, I think. Yeah, the Honka Ham Hughes has actually been working out okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, but now he might, he's day-to-day. Mm-hmm. So we do finally have a D injury. But OD is likely to come back this weekend. Yeah. So now we're got, now we've gone from having eight defensemen to having nine defensemen. Yep. And he still won't fucking play Nemeth and Klingberg. I'm really... You're much more hardcore about that than I am. I don't give a shit about that pairing. I know, but, like, they've played one game together this year. Okay. What? They, and it was a good game. They both posted good numbers. Okay. Might as well just try it. I know. I don't know why he's not trying it either, but I'm just... You're so much close. more hardcore about that than I am. So close. Did you get new glasses? No, these are old glasses that I found. What happened to your other glasses? They're still around, but they're uh. starting to get the um, the scratch proofiness is starting to come uh. off. So is that still the current prescription? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're cute. I like them. Thank you. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry for that random aside. Um, <laughs> speaking of oh, being depressing, being depressing. So, <sighs> Micah McCurdy looks at probability of making the playoffs. Do you know the data that he puts into this? Uh, it's a lot of stuff. Okay, well then we won't go over that. Basically, his numbers are the best numbers. His numbers are better than Donald Trump's numbers. And um, <laughs> ringing endorsed. He has... No, <laughs> my numbers are the best numbers. My words are the best words. I was just... I know. know. I was just making a joke. <laughs> making a joke, y'all. Making a joke. Um... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not trying to normalize Donald Trump. He's that's still an asshole. <laughs> Carolyn's about to die. Uh, so he has Dallas with a 37% chance of making the playoffs at this moment in time. Um, and that is as of today, because he runs the numbers every single day. The sadder part of all of this is he also does a sadness graph, and the sadness graph combines... With losing out on the playoffs with not picking in the top five. So that is like mediocrity defined. Mediocrity defined, which is where the Dallas Stars have found themselves almost every single year of t- Jamie Penn's career, other than the time when uh, they made it to the second round of the playoffs, which was just last season. Um, 
so he he has the Dallas Stars at a 41% chance of landing in sadness, which is not not good numbers. And higher than our probability of making the playoffs. Higher than our probability of making the playoffs is our chance of landing in sadness. Uh, So Jen asks, I'm sad about the stars. Any bright spots? Uh, And and related, related, will we ever, Karen asks, will we ever have fun watching stars hockey again? Asking for a friend. So I'm having fun watching Antoine Roussel. Um, I am having fun because he has taken an opportunity to be in the top six and has run with it. Mm-hmm. I think he's done a great job up there. His his point production shows that his like the fact that he leads in possession almost every night shows. Well, at least is in the top ten mm-hmm. or top five. It's only a team of twenty three. <laughs> <laughs> That's just top. Five. He has goods. He's been he's got the goods every every game. Um, and that is still while being the player he is. Yeah. You know, he's not losing any of that feistiness, not losing any of that, like, just absolutely get in your faciness. Like, when I was looking at the, the game charts for yesterday, they, Micah, or this morning, Micah shows um, the high danger scoring chances, or all of the scoring chances that were, or the shots that were taken on the ice. Mm-hmm. And he labels them with the names. And the, all, most of the really close high danger chances were from Roussel. Yeah. Like, rushing the net and, and you know, just getting all up in goalies' faces. Goalies faces. So, I, he's been one of the brightest spots, I think, of this season is just watching Antoine Roussel. And it's so funny to me that I used to hate that, dude. Because <laughs> now I'm like, he is like my own child. <laughs> I just love you so much. The thing I'm really happy about is our goaltending. Me too, actually. That was going to be, so that was going to, like, I said Antoine Roussel, but goaltending would have been my second option. Yeah, so I, you know, I've always, I've long been on this train about if we were the team we were last year and we had league average goaltending, we probably could have won a Stanley Cup. Yeah. Or at least, you know, gone pretty far. Right. And, um, I mean, if you just think about that Blues series, that if we weren't up and down and up and down and up and down, and this year we have let in the league most goals against per per game, I think it is, but at the same time, our goaltending, when you look at some of the more advanced metrics rather than just, like, what has gone in the net, is actually literally league average. Like, mm-hmm. the best metric that's out there right now for goaltending is this 5v5 Mercad otherwise known as adjusted goal saved above average. And um, and so it, it centers around zero, right? So zero is league average, and then you've got guys who are saving more goals than average and guys who are saving less goals than average. We're literally zero. We are. We have Antti Niemi as the first goalie in the above average category, and Kari, Niem- Kari uh, Lettinen is the, sec- is the first goalie in the below average category. <laughs> so when you do add them together, we are literally right about, aver- like, literally league literally average. Literally league average. And, then, and granted, that is 5v5 metrics, and obviously there is, you know, penalty killing, and we've had shit luck with our shorthanded chances against, right? Well, and- but but at the same time, you can't really blame either of those situations on the goaltending. I will also posit that I have done, I have done, I've I have had to look at every single game this year because mm-hmm. I've been doing the six easy tweets for defending mm-hmm. Big D. So I've not only looked at all of these games, I've had to look at all of the tweets for all of these games <laughs> and all of the gifts of all of the goals. And I would even posit that like 
on average, every time I've watched a damn game, most of the problem has not been our goaltending. It has been our freaking defense giving up an odd man chance. Yeah. Or not covering the person they're supposed to be covering. It is a defensive breakdown that leads to a goal rather than... Like, remember last year when we were like, it's not our defense, it's our goaltending. This year, it's not our goaltending, it's our damn defense. Yes, yeah. It's And so, I just kind of, I think it's kind of hilarious. I never knew how much I would miss Alex Goligoski until Me neither. And like, it almost, it makes me sad. Like, it's it's one of those things where it's like, you want to be like, I guess Alex Goligoski was the one holding our team together, but he's not holding the Coyotes together either. So it's really like the beautiful partnership that was Alex Goligoski and John Klingberg holding the team together. Right, but John Klingberg, that's not an invitation for you to go to Phoenix. That is not at all what we just meant at all. No Dollar in the Phoenix jar. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It's okay. Is it in Scottsdale? It's um in Glendale. Glendale. I knew there was a Dale at the end of it. Yeah. They're actually... Um, My apologies, Coyotes fans. Why are you listening to this podcast? Trying to make, build a new stadium. I think it's going to be in Tempe, which is... So, Phoenix Did is... Did you call be, it Tempe? Tempe. Tempe? Tempe. 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 Tempe, Arizona. Mm-hmm. I know Tempe. I've never yeah. heard it said Tempe. And Tempe. And now I'm wondering if I've been saying it wrong my whole life. I don't Probably know. Probably not. I mean, okay, you're asking me. <laughs> How do you say Dale and the Defense Man's last name? Ham Hughes. Ham Hughesless? Ham Hughesless. Um, I'm sorry. Dan, Ham Hughes, don't listen to this podcast. Uh, no, they're, so they're actually building a new stadium. But think of Phoenix as the Phoenix the city, not Phoenix the team, is basically like the new, like the drier Houston. Like, because that's all it is. Because they say they've got all these, like, little towns, like, Glendale. Right. But it's still all fucking Phoenix. Right. So, Tempe is basically... I know, but I'm just... I know Arizona fans get really mad when somebody calls them the Phoenix Coyotes. Or oh, references yeah. them playing in Phoenix or anything like that. There was, like, an actual, like, Sportsnet article, like, two days ago that called them the Phoenix Coyotes. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I was like, okay. Whoops. <coughs> but yeah, they're trying to build a new stadium actually closer into town, um, which could be good. It's, I mean, kind of out there and lifeless right now. Kind like of like par- the Ottawa, like barn. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I actually, I mean, which is literally in the middle of a cornfield. Yeah. Uh, this one at least does like have a shopping center around it, but like is it's. it's very suburban. I was actually really... So the one time I was in Chicago and drove past the United Center, I was really surprised by it. I mean, it is pretty far away from downtown, but it also isn't that far away from downtown. I was kind of surprised by its location. It's like a $10 cab drive. Like, it's yeah. not even... I know, yeah. We, I mean, we were super easy in our to, car, but, like, you know, you leave, you get, you get on this one road, and you drive just a little bit, and then all of a sudden, there it is, and yeah. it's like, I think I just left, like, the lake four blocks ago. And same with, like, the AAC is, um, AAC, 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 it's literally in the middle of downtown. Literally in the middle of downtown. There are skyscrapers all around it. Yeah. But, I mean, honestly, like, my impression of Phoenix was kind of like that, like, it was a lot like Houston in that, like... Urban sprawl. It's all nothing but nothing but urban sprawl, and so like, I was not a fan. Well, I mean, when you've got a desert surrounding you, where else are you going to go but out instead of up? Why would you go up? Why would you go up? (coughs) Um, so I mean, I guess to answer your question, Karen, will we ever have fun watching Stars Hockey again? Uh, yes, I think so. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously. 
obviously we're only in December. We're only in the third game of December. And I'm not really expecting this season to get much better unless we make some roster changes. But at the same time, like, there is still fun to be had in watching these games. I mean, hockey is, my I think, at its core, inherently fun. Yes, hockey is inherently fun. And yes, yes, it is very hard to watch your team lose all the time. And that is what we're doing, is we're losing all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's not fun, and I understand that that's not fun. But it is what it is this year, you know what yeah. I mean? And I don't I don't really know how to sugarcoat that and make it any better. It is, it is what it is. We've just got to get used to it, get through this year, and hope we're not wasting the best years of Jamie Benn's life. Yep. So, if you were in charge, how would you fix it? I would gut the defense for one thing. I would I would I would cut the chaff there. And we yeah. Uh, the, so, you know, Elliot Friedman does those 30 thoughts every mm-hmm. day. And, you know, I I read it through them cuz you know, it's my job to stay on top of this shit. And like most of the time, you know, it's kind of interesting. There was some interesting stuff about the Olympics this time. Mhm. Um but they had just, like, one random throwaway line about the stars. Because everybody, everybody in Canada who doesn't actually watch the stars is just like, what the fuck is going on down there? Mm-hmm. You know? Whereas when you can, if you watch the stars game, you know what the fuck's going on right. down there. And, but, like, there was one just throwaway, number 11. It was like, don't look for Jim Nil to trade John Klingberg, Stephen Johns, or John Klingberg, Julius Honka, and while people have been calling about Stephen Johns, there doesn't seem to be much appetite to move him either. Beyond those guys, other things are up for grabs. So it's just like, okay, so yeah, it's clearly like Alexiak and Nemeth. Like that, that's... Which, that, is, which has been, which is yeah. been obvious for a year and a half. I don't understand why he doesn't just wave them. Just wave them. If there's no appetite for anybody to trade then for them... they'll make through waivers. Then they will get through fucking waivers. Yeah. And honestly, at this point in time, I don't really care if we get anything back for Jamie Alexiak. Uh, I think the idea... I think we would gain more by not having him in Dallas than... Yes. I'd rather lose him for nothing than keep keep having him take up a roster spot. Yes. That is exactly where I'm at now. Yeah. So, if I were in charge, that is the first thing I would do. I would gut the defensive core. I would I would keep Honka, I would keep Klingberg, and I'd keep Jordy Bunn around because he's oh, actually yeah. been our most solid defenseman yeah, this no, whole time. I, and I actually wouldn't gut the defensive core. I would just cut those two. I would cut those two, and I would send Lindell and... Or Lindell? I'm not actually sure how we're supposed to be saying it now. It's Lindell now. It, is it actually officially Lindell now? It is officially Lindell Okay, now. so I would send Lindell, <laughs> which I can't say with a straight face, back down to, to Cedar Park um, because he is... He clearly needs some more cooking time. Okay. So let's... All right. Here's here's the plan. And I would try to get rid of Dan Hamhuse. We are going to trade Dan Hamhuse. We are going to wave, wave Alexiak. And Nemeth. Well, we don't need to wave Nemeth because if we're sending Lindell... Oh, that's true. ...down to Cedar that Park, spot. we can put him with Klingberg and I will get my fucking pair. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll give you until January and then I need you to stop. <laughs> That is what I would do. I would I would make all of the changes in the defensive core right now. And I would beg Arizona to send us Alex Goligoski back. I don't know if that would work. It probably wouldn't work. 
Um, but I'd I'd want it to work. I would. I want another player like Alex Golgoski then. I want somebody who can play with with John Klingberg, who he has a lot of chemistry with, who makes John Klingberg John Klingberg again. Let Klingberg be Klingberg. Yeah, that is my campaign cry. That's what I want to. Twenty seventeen. So, anyway. moving on to do we have to hockey shenanigans? Oh, Pat Maroon. And we don't really have to talk about this whole lot because I feel like everybody who listens to this podcast. Pretty much knows what we 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 stand. Yeah, they know what we're about. But I want to. I do want to take some time because I said this on Twitter, and so I feel like I should say this again. First and foremost, so backstory: Connor McDavid had a nasty fall, hit his chin on the ice, and got pulled from a game for approximately seven minutes by the concussion spotters. By the concussion spotters. And in which point they determined he did not have a concussion and was safe to play. And sent him back out to the ice. And the Oilers lost anyway. Yeah, because they're the Oilers. And (laughs) lost in the narrative of this year is that the fucking Oilers are still the fucking Oilers. They're actually top of the Pacific right now. I don't care. They're still the Oilers. The only good thing about the Oilers is Connor McDavid. And he's dragging the rest of them along. Yeah. Um, But... So anyway, so post-game, Pat Maroon basically is annoyed by the fact that the concussion spotter did their job and talks about how it's a man's game and people should expect hits and shit like that. And so a lot of people basically called him out for saying something stupid, which he did. And then he went doubled down on it and how it wasn't a sexist comment and blah, 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 blah. And I think really my main thing is, other than saying going in for concussion testing isn't tough, which is stupid. My main thing is that people need to start realizing that sexism concerns gender roles, not actual people a lot of the time. Because the idea is that by saying it's a man's game, what you're doing is identifying toughness, physical toughness, as a masculine trait, and only real men are physically tough. Well, and also identifying not taking care of yourself physically as being tough and not just clinically stupid. Yeah, exactly. And so tying that in with the concept of masculinity is sexist because what you're doing is you're harming men and devaluing women because there are lots and lots of physically tough women as well. And who are also playing professional hockey. Who will also play professional hockey. So, yes, it's sexist. And yes, I understand you don't get that. But you really need to because that the crux of it is that it's not that you're trying you're trying to demean women, but the fact is you're tying this thing that you think is good to a very very specific set of gender roles, and I don't know. It's just like do better. I the fact that he doubled down on it after being called out for it is the part that I find the most baffling. Yeah, like if you. If you get called out for something, I think that you should probably do a little more self-examination than, I don't think what I said was bad. Fuck you. Which is not actually what he said, but is basically the gist of what he said. He said, you know what I meant. <clears throat> yeah. Which, no, I didn't know what she meant, because this is what she said. Yep. And, you know, <clears throat> the fact that, like, and, oh my god, 
the fact that all of the Oilers fans on Twitter have taken to defending him and, like, jumping all over anybody who says anything different. The day that eggs on Twitter stop defending rich white men who don't give a shit about them or their opinions will be the best day ever. Mm -hmm. But it will also be the day of the heat death of the universe, and we will not get to enjoy it. I had one person just at me back when I was doing my little, like, okay, here's why this is a problem. Mm -hmm. He Literally, all he said was, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. I'm like, that's... That block. Like, I'm like, what do you think you're actually going to accomplish here? A, first and foremost, you're replying to this eight hours later. So you're not even, like, cutting me off midstream. <laughs> like, you're a dumbass. like, what the fuck? Like, let's just, like, go through this. Like, this has already been said, and it's text. It's not like I'm talking right now to you. <laughs> like, yeah. It's out there. It is in the internet. <laughs> it's already there, buddy. Like, it's been written. What it's are done. you stopping here by saying this? Nothing. Do you think I actually value your opinion enough to shut up? No. Hell no. God, men are stupid. Men are stupid. And if you're not stupid, clearly we're not talking to you. Yeah. I actually had a guy who came in to try and... Like, he didn't intend on not all menning, but he basically started not all menning, and then we called him... Like, myself and another um, person called him out on not all menning, and then he apologized, and I was so like, what? Is this real life? Yeah. Like, this was constructive? <laughs> the fuck? Just I'm happened so here. I'm so not used to this. Yeah. So, in other words, like, yeah, we watch hockey, but hockey culture is still dumb sometimes. That is actually probably the long and short of it. Yeah. That's num- point number two in our podcast. There you go. Hockey culture. All of the rest of it was point number one. <laughs> Stupid stars. Further shenanigans! Further shenanigans! John Scott wrote a emotional... A second emotional. Second emotional Players' Tribune piece, formally announcing his retirement, though he had hinted to it on Instagram earlier this year, or, like, last month or something like that. And as you know, the NHL has instituted what's called, or what's being known as the John Scott Rule, which is basically uh, stating that no one in the AHL at the time of the All-Star Game, can go to the All-Star Game. Um, And the voting is going on right now for the All-Star Game, and it's kind of, honestly, like, really boring. It is really boring. See, okay, we talked about this in the last mailbag, but the fact that the John Scott vote turned out as well as it did is a fluke, I think, because mm-hmm. really what everybody was doing was making fun of John Scott. Yes. That is the only thing that everybody was doing, and you can't bullshit me and tell me otherwise. Right. Um, so the fact that it turned out well was all kudos to John Scott for taking it... In stride. In stride, and going with it. And he had, by all reports, a really good weekend. He had a great time, and, you know, whatever, that that's fine. But I, not everybody is going to take it the way John Scott did. Right. And if you make a people's champion that actually gets insulted by it, like, then that's going to fucking suck the All-Star, All-Star Weekend. At the same time, the way that the NHL handled that, the way that they are currently handling it, is bullshit. And the NHL should know that. Yep. Um, they got a lot of good free... The All-Star Weekend in general got a lot of good free, free press goodwill... 
last season in a in, in, an, in a weekend that most fans don't give a shit about. Like we nobody watches hockey during that, but everybody wanted to watch John Scott. So the fact that they are now shitting all over what happened last year by instituting this rule by not. It, it just, it, I don't understand the way that they're handling it. Do they not have PR people who can say, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? I, Do they not want to listen to those PR people? I like, think that's probably more the thing, the, the, the crux of it. Because what I've always found in any organization that's large enough, right, that's large enough or rich enough, it's like, you've always got somebody who's lower level, for the most part, going to be like, Hey guys, hey. What you're doing right now is wrong. Here's what I would rather do. And then they just do whatever the fuck they want in the first place. Yeah. Because if you're old enough and rich enough, people won't tell you no. Male enough. Male enough. Let's 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 call a spade a spade. Oh, hang on. So we do actually have a couple All-Star Game questions. And I was actually, I feel bad, because I was literally right now just thinking, where the heck is the All-Star Game being played this year? And I can't think of it. <laughs> so the question Thoris asks is, we all know the skills competition is the only fun part of the All-Star Game. That is false. There's actually no fun part of the All-Star Game. <laughs> now that the player draft is gone, there are no fun parts of the All-Star Game. That's true. Um, what new competitions would you include this year? So where is the All-Star Game this year? Staples Center. That's LA. That's right. Oh, okay. Well, that's awful. Now I can't even think of... Oh, right. That stupid logo. Yeah, the really heinously ugly logo. That oh, looks God, like it's a... so awful. Looks like a knockoff of a Stars logo, but it, not green. It's so bad. I know. Um... So what skills competition would we do? You know what I would do? Draw a new fucking logo. <laughs> I was about to say, I would do, like... But with your hockey stick on the I ice. would do one of those, like, who can get dressed the fastest kind of things. Oh, that would be funny. Right? That would be good. Or, like, skating and sumo outfits. Yeah. I'm trying to think... Like, I was hoping it would be somewhere fun that we could do, like, themed things. But, like, maybe, um... Rollerblading. You could do something with rollerblading on a boardwalk in LA. I guess. Not really fun. Not really fun. Maybe, like, drink faster so you can forget that you're in LA. Um, <laughs> I mean, so, didn't, it's like, MTV used to do, like, the, um, oh, back when I was watching MTV, because MTV was on and they did music stuff. Um, like, those lip sync battle kind of things. Ooh, lip sync battle you could would do, be fun. You could do lip sync battle on a pier to a freaking One Direction song, that one that they sang on the pier. That no, would be hilarious. I have it even better. Lip sync battle choreography on ice. Ooh. I Potentially like dangerous, but also hilarious. Potentially hilarious. So each team has to submit a five-member boy band. They have to lip sync and dance in their hockey gear. I like it. That's the new competition. That's the LA Rising Star competition. I like it. I think that's what we need to do. Hosted by PKC Ben. Also, I would just like to throw out there for anybody who actually does vote for the All-Star thing, Patrick Kane is winning the Central Division, and P.K. Subban is right behind him, so I think we all just need to concentrate on our votes and make sure that the right person gets the honor. I... Do not understand teams splitting the votes on their all-star captains. Like, I don't get that. So, 
Because the, the stars are asking you to vote for four different people, and I'm like, oh, you're doing a splitting the vote. Mm-hmm. Go, like, put your... Put yourself behind one candidate and let your go. eggs in one basket. <laughs> we are not going to have Trump win this thing. <laughs> we cannot have Trump win this thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Damn it. <laughs> sorry. This is going to be the goddamn it podcast. <laughs> yeah. Because right, right now, right now, we've got... You've got Hillary, and you've got Jill Stein, and you've got Bernie, and you've got... I mean, come on. Let's, let's just... Let's just get this done. Eggs in one basket. Everybody vote P.K. Subban. I don't care who you are or what team you represent, vote for P.K. Subban. He is in second place. He's our best hope at overtaking the person we cannot have win that competition. No, because F him. F him. Um, so Jen asks, the NWHL All-Star Game, it was just announced today for Pittsburgh. How much more fun will it be versus the NHL All-Star Game? You know, honestly, I am a little confused by this message by this announcement and because there's not a team in pittsburgh it because there's not an nwhl team in pittsburgh now i know a couple you know i'm the penguins are partnering with them a little bit on it um it's taking place at the penguins practice facility which is very cool and obviously phil kessel amanda kessel there's a connection there there is um i think it's reported that phil kessel is going to help take place in or I think it's rumored that Phil Kessel is going to help with some of the festivities That's and stuff adorable. like that, which is also very cool, right? And, you know, Pittsburgh is a big hockey city. Um, in fact, Brianne McLaughlin, who's the goalie for the Buttes, is from Pittsburgh, and she lives in Pittsburgh um, during the week and then goes up to the Buffalo on the weekends to play. <coughs> so it's not without connection. However, it feels a little rude to me to the current all the current fans of the NWHL, the all the season ticket holders go. and stuff like that, because you're expecting them to make a road trip to a city that they don't already have, like you know that NWHL connection to, and so like they had it in Buffalo last year, and you know lots of season ticket holders road tripped up to Buffalo, but at least like they already kind of had the established Buttes fan base there. And so, like, not putting it in, like, Connecticut or New York or Boston feels a little rude to the fans of Connecticut, New York, and Boston. And yep, I agree. So I'm just a little confused <clears throat> by this whole, like, let's go to Pittsburgh. Um, that said, obviously, I do want to see it do well. And, I, you know, I think there can do some really cool stuff with it, um, especially with the Penguins connection. And I love the idea that they're getting more connections to the NHL teams. Um, and how much more fun will it be than the NWHL one? Uh, than the NHL one? Probably a lot. Um, Kelly Stedman has been announced as one of the captains. Um, and I'm a big fan of Kelly Stedman. She's a sniper extraordinaire. Um, they had a really good time last year. There was pie throwing, which I'm all about. I am definitely all about pie throwing. Um, there was some really great goalie, uh, costumes. I remember one, one woman, I think it was Jamie Leonoff, was wearing a, a police uniform over her goalie uniform, her goalie pads and stuff like that. It's making saves. That's amazing. Right? And uh, the Buttes actually have a really fun new goalie, um, Amanda LeVay, I think is her name. And um, she's their backup. And so she does She does all those cute goalie videos that the Buttes post of, like, going to the skate park in her goalie gear and then, like, going to Dunkin' Donuts in her goalie gear. That's adorable. So she's really fun. So I think they can definitely... I mean, they've got a lot of really fun personalities in the NWHL, and they're not afraid to use them. 
Sorry. Which is something that the <coughs> NHL is very afraid of. So, I do love when they do these player-focused events, because they're, they just really have a lot of good time. And Holy... All of the crown is at the bottom of the coat. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Woo! I just did a shot of crown, y'all. <laughs> Unintentionally. Unintentionally. I bought it for the bag. Okay, I'm going to go ask some reader questions, and I'm going to ask you this first one, because I need to rest my throat. Okay. As much as I love the Texas Stars, and I do, why are they the only ones scoring goals for Dallas lately? Did someone make a deal with Devil last year or something? I'm a huge fan of Curtis McKenzie, so I'm not really complaining much. But seriously, asks Emma, what the fuck is happening to our top six? So, I have a few theories about this. One of my theories is that Jamie Benn is injured and playing through it. That is also my theory. Uh, I mean, it's a little tin hatty of a theory, but it's not that tin hatty. I don't think it's that tin hatty. Uh, so that's one of my theories is that Jamie Ben is actually playing through injury and we're never going to hear about it because he's Jamie Ben. Yep. And didn't tell us that and he we're gonna needed see, fucking we're, off season surgery. We're going to get like a fucking like notification in July. Like Jamie Ben just finished surgery for blah, 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 blah. Fixing all of his bones. Every last one of them. <laughs> um, so I, I think that's something that's going on with Jamie Ben. The other problem is that we were missing six of our top nine yeah so they weren't available to play um and the people who have are the most battle ready for games at this moment in time are the texas stars players because they've gotten the playing time um so that's another problem Uh, i do not know what is up with jason spezza um, I think he's just going through a slump. And yeah, he was doing... And that is a thing. That, that is yeah. another thing, by the way. Jamie Ben had a slump at the beginning. And it might have something to do with injury. It might not. It might just be a slump. He goes through slumps literally every year. The problem with this... I mean, check his freaking numbers. He goes through slumps every year. Even the year that he won the Art Ross. The problem with this slump is that it's happening at the beginning of the year when we were a lot... Like, out our top six of our top nine that yeah. is the problem and he's um, actually doing okay in total points like yeah. it's not like no he's, he's not no it's just that he's not jamie penn no no it's that patrick eaves is our <laughs> top scorer at this moment in time i think i think tyler sagan is tied with him now so tyler sagan is really actually doing quite well he, but most of those are assists well he no he's tied in goals now oh he is now yeah okay yeah, yeah. um so tyler so tyler and eaves are both doing really well and i think one of my main concerns was that when Eakin came back, they basically shoved Eves off that top line and put Eakin in it. And as you and I have said many a time, that's okay when somebody's injured, but... Not so much when somebody isn't. Jamie, Jamie, Tyler, and Patrick Eves were the, are the best line that we have. So breaking that up for a couple games was honestly one of the worst decisions they probably could have made. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were broken up at practice again today. Well, Eves doesn't practice. No, I know, but Tyler was on the top line, Jamie was on the second line. We'll see what happens there. We will. I'm just saying, I know Eves doesn't practice. Yeah, yeah. So Eves doesn't practice. If you ever... Well, so I've had a couple of people who are not Stars fans, like, at me, like, wow, I can't believe you're putting so-and-so up on the top line because Eves wasn't practicing. And I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. Eves doesn't practice. (laughs) Right. Um... 
So, I think, really, the, the what the fuck is happening with our top six is both Jason Spetz is off for some reason, and it's probably just a scoring slump, because he's doing the right things. Like, when I was watching the Penguins game, he was getting get, all yeah. sorts of chances, yeah. he was doing yeah. really well. Like, I mean, he was the Jason Spetz he wanted to be, but he hit the post. Yeah, it's you know? really frustrating watching him. He's just not, he's, he is not having luck right now. Exactly. But he is, he, there's nothing wrong with his play. There's nothing wrong with his play. Jamie Benn, on the other hand, I feel like is playing fairly tentatively mm-hmm. for Jamie Benn. Mm-hmm. And his fairly tentative is better than most other players, but it's not the Jamie Benn I want to see. No. Or I'm expecting to see. No. And so I think I... That's why I keep like coming back to. He must be injured or something. I think honestly, that's that's where I am too. That's what I think is going on. <coughs> you want to ask this? The one? eye test indicates the fourth line is the best line. I can't read it when Sorry, you read it. I, that was accidental. The uh, the fourth line is the best line right now with Mackenzie Cracknell at all. What do stats indicate? Also, the twenty seventeen. Oh wait, no, sorry. What do stats indicate? Full stop. <laughs> Full stop. There's a second question that we can't answer yet, but we do plan on answering. We haven't seen the calendar, we haven't so we seen can't the answer the question. Sorry, Larry Joe. We're going to pause on that. Yeah, we love you, Larry Joe. Um, so lines, though. We can talk about lines, because um, Corsica.hockey is my favorite stat site. Um, and so... Shout out to Manny. Shout out to Manny. He does good work. Um, does he listen to this podcast? Probably does not listen to this podcast, but we like you anyway. You and your crazy salad. So I pull, he has a great thing on here that does the line combos and shows you all the stats of the various line combos. So I've got this at a t- time and ice minimum of 20 minutes playing together, which means that we didn't get last night's um, Cracknell, McKenzie, and I forget who the fuck else was on that line. I have no idea. Um, combo. I looked at it this morning, but I can't remember. Um, I had. However, it does show that um, Jamie Ben, Patrick Eves, Tyler Sagan were one of the best. Hey, a have the most time playing together of all the lines mm-hmm. by like a factor of five, and have the second best Corsi four you know uh, of any line at fifty seven point six five percent in five on five. And let me actually go ahead and score adjust that. Um, actually, they're the best now. Well, no, I just reset everything. Oh, still suck out. Six fifty six point eight five. Close enough. Um. But, so they're, they are a dominant line when they are together. So, like, just keep that. Um, Roddick Foxa, Jason Spezza, and Antoine Roussel are actually the best, best line. Um, but they only played 50 minutes together. And they, um, came up at a... I'm really surprised to see Jamel Smith at number three. Well, and so that's what I was just about to talk about. Oh, I'm sorry. So, you are correct in that the fourth line, when it's got Adam Cracknell and Curtis McKenzie together, tends to do really well. Um, Adam Cracknell and Curtis McKenzie with Jamel Smith are our third best line at a 55% Corsi 4. And then if you come down to the second, in the next line, which was another fourth line combo, it was Dowling, Smith, and Cracknell, you have again 54.14. So I think Cracknell is doing really good work. Um, I think Curtis McKenzie, um, feeds off of his center really a lot. Like, mm-hmm. when he was in the AHL, he were, played with Travis Morin a lot, and those two together were fantastic. Um, so now that you've got, like, a center clicking with him, I think whoever you throw in on that other wing is going to work out pretty well. Yeah. Whether that's Jamal Smith or Jason Dickinson, who's up now, um, or Brett Ritchie or whoever. Um, the one thing that does concern me a little bit, and... 
it's kind of one of those things where it's like, as a fancy stats person, it's concerning, but it's also like, I told you fucking so. Um, so Lauren Korpikowski is a member of two of our, two of the three bottom lines that we've got in um, Corsi. And one of those lines feature Roddick Foxa and Jamie Benn. And you know for a fact Roddick Foxa and Jamie Benn are good possession players. Because they're at the top otherwise. They're at the top otherwise. So it's Laura Cor- Lori Korpikoski who's really dragging that line down. And then also you've got Devin Shore, Brett Ritchie, and Lori Korpikoski. And frankly, like as much as I like Devin Shore, I think he really is just a little bit in over his head with the minutes he's being asked to play. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. So I think, I think Larry Joe, your, your eye test is seeing what... It should be seeing. Good job. Good eye test. Um, I like, I mean, we've been talking about Adam Cracknell since training camp. Yeah. We have both been very, very... Yeah. He's one of the best off-season acquisitions we've had in recent... Yeah. Well, I mean, bottom six um, off-season acquisitions. um, I think he's going to be, continue to be a really big driver, and I really don't like it when he's not in the lineup for some of these other guys. I know. I agree. I would agree with that. (laughs) <laughs> and we can't wait to talk about the calendar, but we just don't have the correct I have information. purchased one. It is up in Dallas. I have purchased through a proxy. I also <laughs> got two of the pucks. Nice. So I have another Spezza and another Lennon puck. <laughs> but it's fine. I like them, so I don't mind getting it more. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and ask you this next question. Okay. This is going to be a short podcast. It's probably not a bad thing since I can barely talk. Yeah. Uh, Julie asks, NHL Radio was having a discussion on whether or not hitting should be taken out of the game. Is that even possible? I was wondering what your thoughts were. It's coming back on that awful hit with Hall and Larson. Thanks. Um, To answer the question mark question, no, I don't think that taking hitting out is possible. Um, hitting isn't existent, supposedly, in the NWHL, and yet there still is hitting. There's totally so, hitting. <laughs> so, um, there's no way to take it out. I mean, say what you will about fighting, whatever, but there's no, I do not believe there's a way to take hitting out of the NHL. And I think also even more than that, like, hitting is coach, hitting is part of systems, hitting is... Yeah. Like, the problem, uh, the, there's always going to be a problem with hitting, um, like there was last night with with Larson and Hall and that was I I'm not I'm not like a Taylor Hall fangirl I I like him just fine as a person and a player but I'm not like he's not Jamie Benn for me yeah so the fact that I can I'm I'm saying it was a legal hit you know there was nothing really actually wrong with it it was yeah it was the problem with it was Larson was not positioning himself like there is an onus on the player throwing a hit to throw it safely there's also an onus on the player being hit to understand that at any time that he has the puck he is legally able to be hit it's like when sharp got hit yeah that was a completely legal hit with a awful consequence Mm -hmm. yeah and like so the Larson Larson had his head down, was against the boards, wasn't looking. Hall was perfectly able to do what he did and positioned himself the way he should have. Mm-hmm. The fact that Larson didn't have his head up and wasn't looking is Larson's fault. Um, and it's not like Hall was going for the head no, or Hall, doing no, anything, like no, didn't throw his elbow up, no, none of that. Followed it through like he should have. Um, mm-hmm. So while the consequences of that hit suck a lot and I would never... I mean, I'm not. I'm not wishing any kind of injury on any player. Um, 
those are awful consequences of the way the game is played. Um, you can't make a game 100% safe. It is played on ice with knives strapped to your feet. So there's no way to make this game 100% safe. Um, and, and ice is really hard. Ice is really hard. Carolyn broke her arm I earlier did. this year. I did. All I did was fall down. All she did was fall from standing to sitting and, or being prone anyway, <laughs> and broke her arm. So, um, that, that was a really sad consequence. Um, but my thought as far as hitting goes is that there isn't a way to take it out and I don't think they should. I don't think that there's any reason to. Um, I think that there, this is just another reminder that players need to be aware on the ice that they are in fact playing a game that has contact. Yeah. I think there are definite rules around hitting that should change. Like, I think there should be harsher punishments for targeting of the head. But that's a punishment thing. Right. And that's not, and that's, and I think, um, I do think that there are some players who throw dangerous hits. Mm -hmm. And I think there are some coaches who... Encourage. Encourage. I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna go with that, but also coaches who don't teach properly. Right. Coaches who don't teach how to hit properly. Especially as, as kids. That's like because I will say I will say I have been watching Taylor Hall since he was a rookie, and I will say that that has been in the past a problem with Taylor Hall. He was on a team that didn't have enforcers, that didn't have heavy hitters, and he was one of the bigger bodies on that team. So at at some points he did throw hard hits that were not. I mean, just freaking ask. Oh, there was one player he hit where he actually tore like the, their like a, a butt, like a muscle in here. Like, yeah, it was it was bad. He he has not always done it well, but he was also not on a team that had any direction whatsoever or good coaching or anybody to show him how to do it. Uh, and obviously, he's gotten a lot better at it. He's gotten a lot safer. Those incidents have not happened anymore. And this like again was not his fault. Yeah. Um. So. Um. But I'm, I'm just I'm just throwing that out there as an example of yeah. this is a player that actually used to have this problem because of coaching. Yeah. So I think there's definitely, I think there's moves that need to be made to make hitting safer. And I think, but I, to, as far as taking it out of the game, honestly, I would almost rather like go the opposite route and like have hitting in the NWHL. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's not like they don't like pretend like they're not hitting each other like they're they crush each other up against the boards all the fucking time and that's the majority of hits that you see in the nhl too so it's like like i mean that's what the hit was supposed to be against larson yeah and so like it's not they just have you know better headgear and they don't go for the head and yeah there's a lot more focus on the actual puck right in women's hockey and i mean part of it is i think because they're not trained to hit like men are when they you know come up through juniors and stuff but like take the fall <laughs> axe hurt jen indignant um but yeah no there's no way to take hitting out of hockey you can you can take fighting out of hockey you can't take hitting out of hockey and um i you know i just i just think that the only the best thing they could do to about this is to have a better conversation about mm-hmm. what to do when somebody is injured Mm-hmm. Because that whole scrum right but afterwards with basically Jacob Markstrom had to come out of his crease and protect his prone body from all the people trying to fight each other. Yeah. And that's not okay. No. So I think there needs to be a better conversation about safety of hitting. Yeah. I, I, I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah. <coughs> okay, let me get this queued up. I have it up. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. You want to play it for the... Sure. Hang on, I need to start. Texas is so great. <laughs> It just tastes good. 
it, it speaks to the soul. Good queso <coughs> relaxes you. Look, if cheese dip can be served on a Ritz cracker or with one of those tiny Vienna sausages, queso is made to be scooped up with tortilla chips, dribbling down your chin and onto your shirt. One is a visceral, emotional, powerful family bond as you and your kids pour into nachos covered in queso. Uh, the other is party favors at, at an afternoon tea. So that was Ted Cruz passionately defending queso. Texas queso. Texas queso. As opposed to... Uh, Arkansas, Arkansas dip cheese. cheese, dip cheese, whatever the um, fuck that cheese, is. Cheese dip. So, um, and we were specifically asked to, to comment on this by a friend of the podcast, Julia, um, who doesn't like to ask us about the stars. <laughs> <laughs> but, Ever. you know, at least at least this one's at least semi-topical. It is topical. It, it has nothing to do with the penguins. <laughs> <laughs> it's about Texas. Um, I... Don't like to, as a general rule, agree with Ted Cruz about anything. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I think that was my soul having a visceral reaction to you to agreeing with Ted Cruz. It, I, I had a visceral reaction to agreeing with Ted Cruz. Um, but the man said, dip cheese goes on Ritz crackers, and all I can do is reluctantly agree. My favorite part is the and Vienna sausages. And Vienna sausages. <laughs> I mean... I mean, no, he's entirely he, correct. Any state that tries to posit that they have better queso or melted cheese in any form than Texas is flat out wrong by very definition. Yes. Flat out wrong. Flat out wrong. I don't care where you're from. I don't care what you're eating. I don't care what your history is. You are wrong. I will say I never need to hear Ted Cruz say visceral reaction. No, again. I also just never need to hear him talking about anything dribbling on his chin. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <coughs> Damn it. <laughs> and that's all I got for you. <laughs> sorry, this is such a short podcast. Uh, you'll be happy to get out of here in under an hour. Ah, especially since I can barely talk. Um, my name is Carolyn. You can find me on Twitter at Glasslicity. My name is Marin. You can find me on Twitter at Marinish. And you can find our official Twitter at Depart Hockey. And our official email at DeepHeartHockey <laughs> at gmail.com for any longer questions, comments, or queso recipes. You can find our official Twitter. Uh, you've already said the Twitter. You can find our official blog at DeepHeartHockey.wordpress.com and our Tumblr at departhockey.tumblr.com Bye! Bye! It dribbles on the chin.